Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? It is March the 7th, 2012. This is episode number 74 of Timberwolves Explosion. I am your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey. Well, it's been six weeks since the last show. Six weeks. How convenient during the best Timberwolves season in like seven years. Yeah, that's uh, just one of those things. Yep, and... um. I, I apologize. I apologize for the uh, the absence. There's uh, a lot of reasons for that. Mostly because I really want to have a co-host on here. And Marcus the Forecaster is about as hard to reach as possible. Uh, I tried to get Spencer on this week. I uh, probably will have him on in episode number 75. I really, yeah, I mean, I Spencer Ellerbrush, and he will be on this show. So if you're listening, Spencer, and I hope you are, he will be on this show uh, very soon. He will be co-hosting Timberwolves Explosion uh, at least sometimes, you know, here, here and there. Um, maybe, who knows? <laughs> who knows what will happen? But, uh, yeah, uh, unable to get him this week, this show because of, uh, you know, things going on in school, busy stuff, you know, busy life in school, stuff going on. So it's just understandable. A lot going on there. Marcus the Forecaster, no idea. <laughs> No idea. Sometimes he's just you just can't reach him, and um, that's just how it goes. Hopefully, we'll get him on again at some point, especially for the traditional uh, state of the Timberwolves. But that's come June, you know, June. Yeah, that's kind of far away. Hopefully, I can get him on more than just that show. But uh, that's that's obviously probably the show of the year every year. State of the Timberwolves is just oh god, I, I just love doing that with with Marcus the Forecaster. Good times. But yeah, Spencer. Yep, definitely looking forward to having him on this show. And I'm talking way too much about background Timberwolves explosion stuff. How about them Timberwolves, huh? Again, it's like, that's why I'm frustrated with myself for not just saying, screw it, I'll go solo. Because, doggone it, this team is 21-19. and 19. Timberwolves just, just recently, tonight, beat the Portland Trailblazers for the second time. Uh, they hadn't beat the Blazers in 16 consecutive games. They hadn't won in Portland in seven years. It's just crazy. And what's great about the whole Portland thing, when the Wolves last beat Portland in Portland, Kevin Gar or no, when the Wolves last beat Portland at all, ooh, guess who hit the game-winning shot? Well, no, no, the most clutch guy in Timberwolves history. Yeah, really, he's clutch. Kevin Garnett. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Garnett, yeah. That's a laugh. Yeah, he's real clutch, right? <laughs> Not. That's a laugh. But yeah, I guess he hit the game-winning shot in that game. So, we're happy for him. Kevin Garnett hit the game-winning shot in that game, oh, what, four years ago, whatever it was. Whatever. Who cares about Kevin Garnett? We're going to move on from that guy. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, though, with the, uh, the Wolves. Uh, yeah, we've got some interactions going on on Facebook. Uh, Jules Posterino. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Jules. A very cool guy from... Uh, Australia, very cool guy indeed. He's posted a few. You got Lucas Quayle posting on there. Gotta love it. The Timberwolves Explosion page. Would like you to like. Uh, would like you to click like on it if you could. If you go, you go to the page. Uh, you look up Timberwolves Explosion Minnesota Timberwolves. Make sure you go to the one that's page and not group. Very important page and not group. Go there and click like. Let's try to get as many likes as we can. There's just not enough right now. There's just not. But the people that have posted on there and do like Timberwolves Explosion on Facebook are fantastic. Lucas Kale, Jules Pusterino, Pusterino, excuse me. Uh, Bruce Risk is a new one as well. He's posted a bit. You guys are very cool. Great to hear from you very much. 
There's other members than that, but these are the guys who've been active, and that's very cool. Very much appreciated. Uh, it's it's good times. It's really been good times covering the Timberwolves this year, at least watching them. I haven't really gotten to cover them that much. Uh, you know, part of the reason why I hadn't done too many solo shows, I just, when I listen back to them, because I like to listen back to see the quality, I like to see how the quality is. I mean, it's more fun having a duo. I mean, I'm sure it's more fun for your listeners as well. Maybe you can say something about that on the Facebook page if you're listening right now and you'd like to make a comment about that. Tell me how you feel about solo versus with somebody, with uh, Marcus the Forecaster, who's been the, the main co-host at times on this show. Um, but obviously I have to go solo sometimes because there's just not people available, and doggone it, this show needs to get out. It needs to get out more often, and I'm mad at myself that it hasn't. I really am. Yeah, I'm, I am mad at myself that it has not. Uh, it's been, uh, th- this is going to be a really good show, by the way. We're going to talk about a myriad of topics, understand, of course, the general play of late. We're going to talk about Kevin Garnett's second All-Star bid, um, or appearance, whatever. We're not going to really talk about the All-Star game. We're just going to talk about Kevin Love in general and how he's a two-time All-Star now. Ricky Rubio, well, <laughs> yeah, he's, he was really developing. Now he's struggling a bit. We're going to talk about Rubio, uh, Pekovich. You know, some of these notes are a little bit older from a, a, a couple of weeks ago because of uh, what I was going to do a show then with Marcus the Forecaster. And, well, guess what? No. Uh, I was actually going to do one with Spencer as well, and then I kept putting things off, and then I wanted to do it, and then put it off, and then they're not available, you know, talk about Wesley Johnson's continued struggles, but yeah, Pekovic, unfortunately, he's been hurt of late, you got Derek Williams, that's a new topic that's very exciting of late, Derek Williams, Michael Beasley, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, the shooting guard situation, and other nuggets of note, and uh, yeah, it's good stuff, other nuggets of note, which I think are worth listening to as we near the end of the show there, but first... We'll, we're going to do the Facebook stuff first to kind of get that out of the way and give you guys some airtime. Lucas Quayle and Jules Posterino. I should just call him Jules. How about that? So I don't screw up his name anymore. Jules and Lucas. Well, Lucas comments. Now, this is obviously several weeks ago, but, you know, there there aren't so many comments on this page that I'm not going to, you know, read them you know, or anything. So, yeah, we'll go all the way back to June 4, January 14th, and it's a topic that's well-deserving of conversation on this show. By the way, real quick, if you could call, if you'd like to call into the show, we do have a voicemail that I can, uh, you know, it's obviously recorded and then put onto the show. You can call in 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail, as I just said. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves. Explosion. Do your comment, shout-out, question, whatever it is. Opine. Enjoy. But, uh, yes, Jules. Finally, Jules getting airtime on Timberwolves Explosion. He says, so, how awesome can the Rubio slash Caleb combination be for years to come? Are we thinking Stockton Malone here? Lucas responds with, they definitely seem to have the talent to be great for years. I just worry about being able to afford to keep all of these talented young players around long term. It's a uh, very interesting, very interesting uh, topics brought up by Jules and Lucas there. I mean, yeah, I mean, the Rubio-Kalev thing, first and foremost, I'll comment on that part in general. In general, it's kind of shades. Right now, this season, absolutely to me, is shades of, oh, excuse me, I wish, yeah. <laughs> 96, 97, gosh, I wish it wasn't that long ago, and I remember that year like it wasn't that long ago. I really, 
I can't believe it's been as long as it has, but 96-97, the kids, as, we like to, as they like to call them in the advertisements and all that, Kevin Garnett and Stefan Marbury. Yeah, the 96-97 team that also featured Tom Gugliotta, Tommy Gunn, that team had a kind of a, um, a kind of a like a uh, baby big three or whatever you could call it, but at minimum, at minimum, two rising superstars to go with a solid veteran and Tommy Tommy Gunn, Tom Guglietta, and man, unfortunately, that blew up. Not and that only lasted about a year and a half to two years. Uh, so yeah, that, that's an interesting. You know, that kind of leads back into Lucas Quill. Well, this time will we be able to keep our big two or big three? Uh, yeah, the Caleb and Rubio, that's your Garnett and Marbury right there. It is. And it's funny, you had the, uh, the, the, super, the superstar power forward first, but it just shows you the importance, the importance of not only a good coach, obviously bringing in Rick Adelman versus uh, the, the, okay, I'm going to say it. Okay, no, I'm not going to say it. The crap there. I'll just keep the word out of there. The crap, uh, the crap coach we had in Kurt Rambis and, and Bill, uh, Bill Ambeer. No, Bill Ambeer was okay, but uh, I'm thinking of Randy Whitman, guys like that. Randy Whitman and Kurt Rambis, which are just horse crap coaches, versus <laughs> Rick, Rick Edelman. I mean, that makes a huge difference. Of course, Flip Saunders versus the Bill Blairs and the Sidney Lowe's and the Jimmy Rogers and God knows who else. No, I mean, yeah, Bill, Bill Musselman was okay, but it just wasn't the right time for Bill Musselman. Starting out the franchise, he was the wrong guy. You know, you don't have a win-now type of coach with a bunch of has-beens and wannabes and rookies <laughs> when you're when you're a expansion team. But, of course, that's going back a little far um, to the point, <laughs> to the point, as I really drew it out way too long, the importance of a point guard. Not only is the coach important to changing things, you already had the star power forward who emerged as an all-star last season in Kevin Love. You had Kevin Garnett, who wasn't, you know, as developed because it was only his rookie year way back in 96, 90, uh, 95, 96, but you had him. But the next year when the point guard, the point guard came in, all of a sudden you had a team that could win maybe, well, that could win well under 30 games, suddenly start to win in the 40-plus range. And the Timberwolves, should had this been an 82-game season, they would definitely be on absolute absolute course for winning 40 plus games this season there's no doubt about it like i think this could be a, a, a 45 win team in an 82 game season this very season had 45 wins written all over it in an 82 game season and uh, yeah again it shows the importance of the point guard um stockton malone well <laughs> you know rubio is a better point guard than stefan marbury he sure as hell not a better scorer though oh my god but again Rubio's got a much better head on his shoulders, and that's the thing that can keep the, uh, you know, to Luke, come back to Lucas's comment, you can keep the longevity, the continuality, if that's a word. If that's a word, the, con- the continuality of this, this core, at least those two in general, the attitude of Ricky Rubio got, got, versus the attitude of Stefan Marbury, which alienated Tom Gugliotta. Gugliotta wanted to get the hell out of here. His wife uh, likes the like the the warmer weather in Phoenix, Arizona, and that was the end of Gugliotta within almost no time whatsoever. Um, he wanted to get the hell out of here. Marbury wasn't here. I'll say it. Marbury was an asshole, and he was jealous of Garnett the second he walked in the door. Every single bleeping magazine you read with Stefan Marbury talking when he was a Timberwolf, 
would talk about how much he loved New York and what a dream it would be to be a New York Nick point to be a New York Nick. Oh, what a dream it would be! And it was every bleeping article. You're not hearing about Ricky Rubio talking like that, are we? And remember all the worries we had about Ricky Rubio. Boy, he just he, he hates Minnesota. He wants to go to the Knicks. He wants to go to the Celtics. He wants to go to the the God knows who, the Houston Rockets, <laughs> whatever. A, a bigger market, warmer climate, maybe, but at least a bigger market. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you get articles with Ricky Rubio talking about how wow, I really like I, I really like it that it's kind of a little bit smaller market here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I just absolutely love it. I mean, it's been a it's gone from what could have been a disaster to a marriage made in heaven. <laughs> it, it really is with Ricky Rubio and the Twin Cities. And, um, yeah, he's been struggling of late, and we'll get back to him very shortly after the, the break. We're going to do the Facebook stuff now and the break and then come back. Yeah, you get the idea. But, um, yeah, it's been a marriage made in heaven. It, it, it's a different situation this time around, and thank God in heaven for that. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to say this. And uh, it depends on what Timberwolves fans. Some Timberwolves fans will agree. Others might not. Rick Allen's a better coach than Flip Saunders. And uh, I, a lot of you probably agree. Some of you that are really just hardcore wolves, 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 and might not really want to look at look at things a slightly more objective, full NBA with full NBA eyes versus Timberwolves eyes, would lean in the Flip Saunders range. I, I think Allen's a better coach. End of story. But, uh, yeah, I think we can afford to keep them with the way we're set up. Yes, now officially we can, because I don't believe Kevin Love was uh, signed to four years, $60 million at the time. Of course, there is a, uh, there is a, maybe I did do it. I forget if it was on the last show. It might have happened right after, right before, I can't remember, but whatever. Uh, yes, there's a out clause after three years, unfortunately. We all know what opt-outs are. They're pretty much, you pretty much can guarantee that those years are not going to be fulfilled with, uh, unless the player gets hurt, pretty much. That's usually how it goes. The player always opts out to get some type of raise or some type of uh, bigger guarantee of some kind, you know, a longer guarantee, five-year extension, whatever. So you got all that going for you. I mean, there is a little bit reason to worry about it, sure, but at least Love did sign, and it wasn't to a contract that killed the team. So again, the situation is better this time. Yes, you got Ricky Rubio with a way better attitude than Stefan Marbury ever will have. Uh, Love is kind of like a combination of Garnett and Gugliotta. Like he's the, the the star of the team. That's the Garnett side, and he's versatile. That's kind of like Garnett. And the Gugliotta side is he's just you know he's that more of an offensive player than a defensive player, and he's kind of a tough type of type of guy who can just get it done like Tom Gugliotta could. He's, he's very similar to Tom Gugliotta, but a bigger star than, than Gugliotta was. So I'm kind of put that together, <laughs> I guess. Try to chew on that, I suppose. Uh, Jules again says, well, J-H-C. You can kind of guess what he's saying. Yeah. He says, <laughs> what is Luke Ridnar snorting? His shooting was out of control against the Sacramento Kings. Please have Rubio starting and finishing at point. I still don't trust the son of a bitch. I yeah, I and yep, that that's the thing again. Yeah, where I'm yeah, Jules later on tells me how he's been listening for about a year and yeah, 
probably, yeah, he listened to me and Marcus, the forecaster, and God, I miss him too, Jules. I'm sure you're missing him right now, you know, the feedback between me and him. I'm doing the best I can solo. <laughs> it's I'm still the owner of the show, we'll say, between the two of us. But, um, um, bummer, man. Yeah, Ridnour is definitely not a guy you want with the ball at the end of the game. He's not. Uh, yeah, he had a game-winning shot a few <laughs> against Utah like about two weeks ago, and I was like laughing about that. Like, wow, he had a game-winning floater. That was hilarious. But overall, no. Luke, Luke Ridnour is not the guy you want with the ball. Thank God that Kevin Love has emerged in a big way. A big way. Big way. In, um, in the fourth quarter, he's, probably, he's the best fourth quarter player the Wolves have ever had. But, like, yeah, thank God that we're finally getting out of this, and it does show you again who, like, how much better, not who's the better coach, but how much better coach uh, Mr. Adelman is versus uh, Monsieur Rambis. He was just an awful coach. Kurt Rambis was awful. Because the same mistakes were being made over and over and over and again and again. Yep, there's a Marcus line and my line. I would say the over and over, Marcus would say it again and again with guys like Luke Rittenauer and uh, Michael Beasley pissed me off in the season opener and in the few games after that with his horrendous, horrendous shot selection uh, late in games and overall in the game. Just made me sick, pissed off. Oh my God, was it frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, whereas that stuff disappeared. You may have had it early in the season. It's, for the most part, disappeared now. And oh man, it's hella exciting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I also tell Jules, uh, thank you. His posts have been awesome. How long have you been a listener? I was just kind of curious. He says, you're welcome. Been a fan of the Wolves since picking them as my team as a kid back in 1990. That is exciting to hear. Oh, Jules, Jules is that big of a, a veteran fan. So he's he's in my, he's in my uh, me, and, me and Marcus's range of NBA fandom. I mean, we're, we're old school, baby. We're veterans. Welcome to the... Welcome to the club, Jules. It's it's awesome to be in the twenty uh, the twenty year club. I'm I'm proud to be in it. I'm sure you are as well. He says then discovered your podcast on iTunes late last year. I've listened to all available shows since and very impressed with the depth of knowledge and passion you guys have for the club. Keep them coming. I will be listening every time. Let's hope the Wolves can make a run for the playoffs this season. That is a very sweet, awesome comment, Jules. I, I appreciate that very, very much. Very cool to know you're out there listening to this show. Uh, that that means a lot to me. It does. And um, those of you out there, out there that might be still faceless, you know, you haven't come on, come on to the come on to the Facebook page. Talk to me. Talk wolves and join the conversation. But no, Jules, that is uh, very, 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 very appreciated. Uh, I love the and I <laughs> and from somebody that is a twenty-year veteran to call to say he's impressed with our uh, with our knowledge and, and detail. That's that's a huge compliment. Thank you very much for that. Very cool. Again, Jules says I like Caleb's generosity. Shout, shouting everyone a free ticket to the Pistons game. That was about a month ago or so. No, a little more than that. Uh, Pistons game. <laughs> if they buy a ticket to a previous game. You think Kobe would do that for the LA fans? It's like no, <laughs> no. I, I don't think Kobe would. He's he's just kind of an individual. Um, deep down, he probably has a good side. But Kevin Love is the real deal. Kevin Love is the real deal. And I guess right there, that's proof that uh, I have not done a show because it was actually that was before. 
when he wrote that. Yeah, that was before Kevin Love signed the contract. Because I remember Paul Allen on KFAN was teasing her about, are you using that money from your new contract? You know, <laughs> new contract that you haven't signed yet? And he's like, no. <laughs> it, was just kinda, it was just kind of a back and forth thing. Lucas Quayle says 500 finally. That was back in early February. And yeah, the Wolves have been kind of bouncing around that 500 mark ever since. And now they're starting to creep over it. Unbelievable. Very, very exciting indeed. Lucas again asked me if a new show is being released soon. That was, damn. Boy, that's that's a month ago. Man, I feel like a jerk. I'm really sorry, Lucas. Because I was saying, you know, it would be about a week or so. I, I said, I mentioned how I couldn't reach Marcus. Spencer will be on the next show. And he's, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that, Lucas. At least, at least, at least I'm here. <laughs> at least I'm here now. Sorry it's been so long. And yeah, there were some issues with the page as well. That uh, some, some of the, one of the options or whatever was like hiding the posts, which really pisses me off. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. Maybe I bumped it one day, like months ago, and everybody's post was like invisible to me. With uh, they were hidden, and that pissed me off. I fixed it. I made an apology. Jewel's kind enough to say, "No problemo, mate." Very cool. Sebastian Balls, who is an avid listener of Purple Mafia. Gives me a, a smiley face. Staying excited to listen. Thank you for that, Sebastian. Very cool. Yep. Very, very cool. And there's a few articles posted, and that's about it. Uh, Kevin Love again. Yep, winning the three-point contest. That was awesome. We'll kind of get to that here very shortly. So that pretty much concludes the Facebook uh, the Facebook page comments. I, yeah, I wanted to get you guys your airtime. You deserve it very much, and my response back to you. So thanks again, Jules and Lucas, Bruce Risk as well, who posted much earlier uh, during the uh, summer, <laughs> or actually no, during the during the fall and then the lockout and all that. Very cool. Nice to meet you, uh, Jules and Bruce Risk, who are yeah the first time they're getting mentioned on the show. Thanks guys for being on board. Very cool. So with that, we're going to actually take us a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we're going to get into the hardcore Timberwolves talkers. Right after this. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 74, which is a reminder for iPod users, along with other MP3 players like the Microsoft Zune and such. Oh, goody. Yeah, let's get to some Timberwolves talk. Yep, the Timberwolves. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Timberwolves have been playing some good basketball of late. It's been a lot of fun. <coughs> Excuse me, that was weird. But uh, that's kind of the main topic as of right now. It's been a, it, it had been a little bit up and down, but then these last couple games against Portland and the Clippers have just been awesome. There's one team, this team, the Timberwolves just never beats. They just never beat them, and that's the L.A. Lakers. And, of course, Kevin Love was out. That was frustrating. Uh, we're going to kind of bounce around a little bit. Uh, we had some really nice games, though. Back Way back February the 17th, that was a big one where uh, officially the Wolves defeated Kevin McHale for the year 3-1. to one. Three to one. It's it's uh, the Wolves three. Kevin McHale one. Of course, the hood coach of the Houston Rockets. 
Kevin Love and, and General had just an unbelievable game there. You had uh, two nights later, was it Sunday the 19th, Timberwolves host the Philadelphia 76ers in those kick-ass uniforms, those retro uniforms. They just look so awesome. It was in the Target Center. It was one of those dramatic back-and-forth games that ended with a great finish. Kevin Love hitting two free throws. The Wolves trailed by one. Love made them both, and we won. Absolutely clutch. And then there was the Denver game the next night. Oh, my God. One of the most frustrating games in history. <laughs> I, 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 that, that's a team that Wolves never beat. In, you know, they never beat the Nuggets in Denver. The Wolves were very close to catching and passing the Denver Nuggets into the playoff contention. Pekovic hurt himself in that game, his ankle. It was just one of those games that would just piss you off. A lot of people played pretty well in that game for the most part. Marshall Webster, though, played about 32 minutes, and that was the infamous. <laughs> well, the Wolves were trailing by three. Marshall Webster stole the ball, knocked the ball out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, he knocked the ball out. It was like it looked hopeless. The Wolves lost the game, but he knocked the ball out of the guy's hand. I forget who it was. It doesn't really matter. By the way, Al Harrington just murders the Wolves every bleeping time we play the Nuggets. Every bleeping time. You had uh, Andre Miller get ejected. You had uh, Lawson get hurt. We still can't beat these patsies. What the hell? You know? <laughs> My God. Afalo was hurt in the game. Came back and played good. Fareed got every rebound. It just was unbelievable. But yeah, to the point. To the point. Marta Webster knocked the ball out of the defender's hand. Again, the Wolves trailed by three with about three seconds or so left. And instead of putting up a three to try to tie it, he opts to drive to the basket and dunks it. Oh, come on! <laughs> and the Denver Nuggets were very appreciative of uh, Mr. Nartel's uh, exploits there. Thank you so much for that, Martel. Sorry for the pause there. But yeah, thank you so much for the... <laughs> the uh, Thank you so much for that, Martel. Just... <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm just shot. Yeah, you know, it, it 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 makes you speechless. I was basically speechless there. Like, did he really do that? I mean, what a dumbass. What a what a what an idiot. But really, since then, Martel Webster's stepped up and played pretty good. Overall, Martel Webster's kind of been like a like a you know. F- forgive me for saying this, or dare I say, dare I say, Martel Webster's been a little bit like a kind of like a Kendall Gill for this team. About you know when his he started his play started to improve, he started to kind of get all that. Rust of about about a year of no basketball, really, for him. He started to finally shake all that rust out. He went from almost no playing time whatsoever to more and more minutes. To a pretty significant role on this team. He's like about the sixth or seventh guy, man right now with the Wolves. He's, it's the Beasley-Webster-Williams deal. Beret is also in that group. That's kind of the nine-man rotation with those guys right now. Um, and Wesley Johnson starting for like all eternity. But no, uh, it's uh, it's interesting to see Marta Webster improve the way he has. But no, that play it put him uh, it put Marta Webster on the map for the wrong region there, and it was very frustrating. It really was. I mean, it, a lot of us were people at work were calling him worthless and all that, and it's like, yeah, the guy was missing so many open shots. I mean, we should the Timberwolves should have won this basketball game. Marto Webster, one of six from the floor in this game in general. I mean, he was the biggest goat of the game. I mean, he missed so many open corner threes. Berea missed all four of his. Tolliver took two threes for what reason, I don't know. Ridnour and Wesley Johnson, 0 for 4 combined from three. It was just an endless frustration 
in a game the Wolves absolutely should have won. They were kicking the Nuggets' ass. They finished with 36% from the floor and 22% from the beyond the arc. They attempted <laughs> 27 threes in this game. Yeah, and made six. That's horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. And that's you know, why we lost the game. We just were missing every damn shot in the world. It pissed me off so much. Like, how could it not piss you off when you watch? It's It was sickening, disgusting, frustrating. It was the most frustrating game of the year for me. It's the loudest I've been all year watching the Wolves. And no, it wasn't the positive woo-hoo type of loud. It was the absolutely pissed off, screaming into the middle of the night. Because it was, a, you know, it was an 8 o'clock start, screaming into the middle of the night on a Sunday night. Shame on me for acting the way I did on a Sunday night, but, mm-hmm, being a Christian and all. But <laughs> that was just the most frustrating thing ever. But luckily, the Minnesota Timberwolves come back. They bounce right back in a game. Well, <laughs> in a game against the Utah Jazz, but it didn't start off so great. This was the 22nd, Wednesday, the 22nd of February. They bounced back. It took a while for them to bounce back, though, because, boy, the, uh, the, 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 the hangover and the negative hangover from that stupid Denver game. That was a Monday night, not a Sunday night, by the way. That was uh, President's Day. That's why. That's why it felt like a Sunday. Yep felt like a Sunday. That was the last day off I've had pretty much, by the way. That's another reason I haven't been recording too much. But um, Timberwolves trailing by as much as 20, I believe, in this previous game, uh, this Utah game, at home against Al Jefferson and the Utah Jazz. But they come all the way back and the ultimate finisher of all time, Luke Ridnour, hits a fadeaway uh, fadeaway floater, or not a fadeaway floater, but a floater driving to the basket to win the game. (laughs) Oh my god! It's just one of those things. It's it's just one of those things. You, you're in utter shock. Like, did this really happen? I guess it did. Luke Ridnour pulled off a miracle, and the Wolves win the game. Hey, <laughs> if you can find lightning in a bottle, fine. Great, we'll take it. Then you have the All-Star Weekend. Who cares? I don't care. Do you care? I don't care. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't care about the All-Star Game, but I'm really happy that Kevin Love, K-Love, was able to win the three-point contest and actually have a very competitive, (laughs) forgive me, competitive All-Star game, a 17-point effort off the bench, and a true All-Star game, not a replacement. Why the hell would Kevin Love be a replacement? Yeah, we'll get to Kevin Love with the All-Star thing here now. You kind of throw it in at the same time. But, uh, yeah, it made his third... Made his second All-Star game. This one's the most legit. Now he's the uh, he's the fourth leading scorer in all of basketball, folks. The only people ahead of Kevin Love right now as a scorer, LeBron James. Excuse me, LeBron James. Or well, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. That's it. That's it. Oh, and yeah, he's outscoring Blake Griffin, by the way. He's outscoring LaMarcus Aldridge, by the way. Oh, and yeah, and Monta Ellis. Russell Westbrook, who's the biggest ball hog I've ever seen. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Nowitzki, all those guys. He's outscoring all those guys by a wide margin. Kevin Love, yeah. Yeah. The Timberwolves finally have a number one star. They finally have a number one star. We could finally say we have a number one scoring threat, we'll say. Excuse me, because Kevin Garnett was never going to be that. He wasn't a number one scoring threat. Always oh, number one star because he's such an entertaining guy and he's so such a great all-around player and blah 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 but he's not the kind of guy you can count on late in games. But now we, but now we finally have a guy that's that good. Yes, sir. But yeah, post All Star break, 
Tuesday the 28th of February. <laughs> Timberwolves head into Staples Center for a back-to-back dilly with the Clippers and the Lakers. We start off with the, the red team. Oh yeah, the team that's actually winning the Pacific Division right now in the uh, Western Conference. Clippers outplaying the Timberwolves for the most part in this game. Yeah, for the most part, for the time being, we'll say. <laughs> Winkity wink. Yeah, the Clippers started off very strong. The Wolves kind of worked their way back in. Blake Griffin was absolutely punishing Kevin Love. Yeah, oh goody, the guy who's in the All-Star game because he's popular, not because he's better than he's starting the All-Star game. Because he's popular, not because he's better than Kevin Love. And I'm not going to say there's any big separation between Love and uh, Griffin, but I do think Love is the better player. I do. Griffin's the more entertaining, but Love is the better player. Uh, yeah. I'm not even going to go as far as to say Griffin's a uh, definite franchise player. He's kind of like Garnett, really. He kind of is. He's, he's like a Garnett that isn't as good of a defensive player. He's that athletic, you know, can't-miss star type of guy that everybody wants to see. That's what Griffin is. But Rubio is probably, or Rubio, Love is probably the better overall player of the two, but not on this particular night. Kevin Love's back would become a problem at this point in time, unfortunately for him. Pekovic also not feeling so healthy. So guys like Darko Milicic getting significant playing time in this game. He actually played pretty well. Shut down Blake Griffin. His uh, offensive numbers would not reflect that Darko Milicic played as well as he did in this game. He attempted one shot and made one free throw. Good for one point. That's right. Uh, but this game was dominated, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> by the likes of Derek Williams and Michael Beasley. Oh my God, was it ever. It was a spectacular victory for the Timberwolves. Michael Beasley and Derek Williams making the hugest, th- this was the most exciting hugest, making the most exciting effort down the stretch. Uh, Beasley, we'll get back to him in a little bit. Williams, we'll get back to him in a little bit. But this game was the emergence of those two guys. Derek Williams, again, after the All-Star break, Derek Williams showing what he's all about. Oh my God, was he ever. <laughs> Derek Williams absolutely showing what he's all about as we move closer and closer. <laughs> you know, further and further into his rookie season. A lot of people wondering, is he going to be a bust? Is he going to be like Marvin Williams, you know, of the Hawks? Number two overall pick. Never really going to be much? Well, we'll see. But this was a very exciting win for the Wolves. And unfortunately, the following night, Love did not play. And the Wolves never beat the Lakers anyway. And they sure as hell never beat the Lakers in L.A. And they didn't. The Wolves get pounded. (laughs) Yeah. The Wolves get pounded. I turned the game off early in the fourth quarter. I was done, folks. So it's pretty much like, screw it. The Wolves lose 104 to 85. What's the point? Ah, so much for, yeah. That's what happens when you play on leap year day, I guess. The Wolves forgot that there was one more day in the year on that day. That day is not normally supposed to exist, and I guess the Wolves just didn't exist in that game. The Wolves didn't really exist much either in the third consecutive night heading to Phoenix, Arizona. A crappy game for the Timberwolves. Probably one of the worst losses of the year in a barely effortless game last Thursday against the Phoenix Suns. 104-95, to the Wolves lose in Phoenix. Not much I really want to say about it other than it just was a unfair situation where the Phoenix Suns had not played yet, so they were really edgy, edgy, ready to play. Anxious, excuse me, ready to play. Kevin Love returns, gets a double-double, thank God. Shook off some of the frustration. He's the only guy that really played particularly well in this game. Uh, Ridenauer's stats are okay, but uh, yeah, with 8 assists, 15 points, and above field, above 50%, but field goal percentage. But overall, the Suns just kicked the Wolves' butts. 
it was kind of turned back the clock for Grant Hill, who played 37 minutes, 8 of 12 from the floor, 20 points. Yeah, the Wolves were pretty tired. Uh, Rick, Rick Nash, excuse me, that's a hockey player. Steve Nash with 17 assists in the game as well. So turn back the clock for the guys in the upper 30s. It's one thing to be a 30-something like me at 32, but those guys are in the upper 30s, baby. 37 and about 40 for Mr. Grant Hill there. Insane. Yeah, Wolves are tired all right to see those guys running all over them. Pekovic having his best game in a while. 14-9 and nine effort, 6-12 from the floor, 37 minutes. Pekovic, unfortunately, would fall victim to a foot sore foot situation that's coming up here very shortly. Very disappointing. But then you got the games against Portland, the Clippers. Uh, it was at Portland, at home against the Clippers Monday night, and at home tonight against Portland again. Again, as mentioned earlier, Timberwolves shut, uh, ending a seven-year losing streak in Portland, Oregon. Oregon, not Oregon, by the way. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, they end a seven-year streak there. They end a 16-game overall losing streak to the Portland Jail Blazers. And uh, a very amazing effort by the Wolves in this game. Kevin Love with 42 points. That's right, 42 points. And he would barely, barely miss... <laughs> Barely missed 40, 40 points in, in back-to-back games. He would have been the first Timberwolf in history to do it. 39 against the Clippers, and then tonight against the Portland Trailblazers. Another huge effort by Kevin Love. I mean, it's so exciting. Wesley Johnson tonight. Wesley Johnson, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> had 19 points. Can you believe that? That's like the miracle of all time. 8 of 11 from the floor, 3 of 4 from 3-point range. Wesley Johnson giving the Wolves a boost. Very exciting. Guys like Derek Williams, though, continuing to emerge. Didn't shoot particularly well tonight, but overall played really well. Uh, Martel Webster, by the way, had a 20-point game in, in Portland the other night, showing his old squad what it's all about, but also playing his heart out as well. Um, Martel Webster has greatly emerged of late. Very, very, very enjoyable seeing Martel Webster kind of be like, again, a Kendall Gill type. For the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he's still pretty young, so he's still got some time left to, uh, you know, be around. Like, when I think about Kendall Gill, when he was on the Wolves, he was already like 34, 35, so it's like his time in the league was pretty much short at that point. Where Martell is well under 30 yet, that's good news. If he's back and stay healthy, I guess he could be a nice spark plug for this team for maybe a while here. A lot of people wondering why Martell isn't actually starting over Wesley Johnson. Tonight, Wesley Johnson finally played like a starter for the first time in probably like two months. <laughs> we'll get back to him again very shortly. I mean, it's just been unbelievable with uh, Wesley Johnson this season. But uh, I've really enjoyed Martel Webster's emergence of late. I truly have. Pekovic, again, has not played since uh, the Phoenix game when he actually played pretty well. And that's unfortunate there. Actually, I believe he played in the Portland, the first Portland game if I remember correctly. And he did. Yes, he did. He played 30 minutes in that game, but just wasn't really himself. And unfortunately, since then, we haven't seen we haven't seen the likes of him. Uh, overall, though, Derek Williams. Who, uh, Derek Williams continuing to emerge as well. Yep, he played well against Portland both times. He played good against the Clippers as well. It's been fun to watch. So we're actually going to kind of go into those other topics a lot of people, yeah, I mean, is a lot of people wondering, is Kevin Love the best power forward in the league? I say yes. 
I think Kevin Love is the best power forward in the league. Other, um, you got the you get the Shaq and Barkley thing. Barkley says he's the best power forward in the league. Shaq says Cedric, uh, Cedric Griffin, excuse me, Blake Griffin is the best uh, power forward in the league. I I don't think he is. And no, I don't want to be a total homer and be like it's Kevin Love by fifty miles. No, it's Kevin Love by a small margin, but he's the better player. Yes, uh, neither one of them is a great defender. One of them's more exciting and potentially could be more explosive. <coughs> but uh, both of them right now are playing for winning teams. Uh, Trent Tucker, the other day on the Paul Allen Show, went as far as to say Kevin Love should be should be in the conversation, not necessarily the winner, but in the conversation for league MVP. And uh, you know what? Yeah, I think he should be in the conversation. He's the fourth overall leading scorer in the league. He's the number two rebounder. And uh, he has <laughs> absolutely carried this team night in and night out, and he has been one of the he has been the best fourth quarter threat this team has had since Sam Cassell. It's just it's it's crazy, it's absolutely crazy. So with that, we're going to switch topics from Kevin Love to Ricky Rubio. That's right, Ricky Rubio. Remember him? Well, well, he was a double digit assist threat every single night for quite a while, a la Steve Nash. But unfortunately, of late, it just seems guys are knocking him around. Uh, the Wolves filing a uh, little bit of a complaint with the NBA, saying how players are kind of playing him, they're kind of knocking him around a little too much, and fouls are not being called. And I do see Rubio on the ground a lot with his hands up in the air saying, hey, what's going on? So I think the Wolves may have may have a point there. Uh, they could have had a point with Kevin Love pretty much all year. That's why Kevin Love plays with a vengeance pretty much every night. Well, he doesn't get that many calls. Rubio doesn't get that many calls, but I guess it's it's that early situation with these two guys. It's still kind of early in a way for them, especially Rubio. Obviously, Rubio is just a baby. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's early. It's so early in their career, they're not going to get as many calls as they maybe get a little bit later on. i got to hope and pray that they're going to get more calls as things move on. i, I got to think so. Uh, Rubio's shooting about 27% the past month. It's uh, It's been pretty harsh. He's been missing layups. He hasn't been making threes. He's been pretty flat on almost every shot he puts up. It's unfortunate, and uh, really, you know what it is. It's the rookie wall. I mean, there, there's no doubt about the Ricky Rubio. He's he's hit the Ricky wall. <laughs> no, he's hit the, the, uh, he's hit the rookie wall, um, and it's very noticeable, but of course... The good news is it's just the rookie wall. I don't think Ricky Rubio is suddenly going to be struggling so much out there that it's like, oh, this guy, eh. He's just going to be a 6-7 assist, 8 points, horrible shooter type guy, you know, who, you know, a la Jason Williams type. But then again, Williams developed a 3-point shot but couldn't really do much anything else. Uh, no, Ricky Rubio, I think, is going to be the real deal, and he'll he'll get through it. Ricky Rubio will get through this. It's just going to take time. Watching video, and obviously maybe it's gonna might not be until really next season until you see Rubio really start to break through in a lot of ways. But at the again, to to make a long story longer or long topic longer, uh, you know, he did show signs of it earlier in the year that those eighteen point games when he would hit those threes and clutch three pointers along the way in games. So the talent obviously is already there obviously, and it's just, it's the rookie wall when other teams start to, they will get enough video on him, 
They start to see what to do, knock him around a bit, knock him off his game because he's not very muscular. That's another thing. He's got to hit the weights more, obviously, during the offseason, and I'm sure he will. He's a very skinny guy, Ricky Rubio, if you hadn't noticed. Um, it's all going to be a matter of time for Ricky Rubio's development in this league. But, yeah, I mean, again, just like with Derek Williams, don't be don't be alarmed, don't be disappointed. Just uh, be patient. Ricky Rubio will definitely come out of this slump. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. <laughs> Nikola Pekovic, well... Well, earlier on he was playing uh, his mind out. Now he's been kind of fumbling around with injuries. Certainly not been rebounding the way he was earlier. I mean, he was a double-double threat for a while there. Maybe even may even have had a shot of being a... by Maybe, like, I, I, I would have said at some point if he was playing anything near what he was playing earlier in the year or a couple weeks ago, he could become a he could become an all-star threat year in and year out. A chance to be like a backup in the all-star game maybe multiple times, especially with such minimal co- competition in the league. Uh, Nikola Pekovic, though, he's, he's clearly a lot better player than I envisioned. Um, <laughs> Kevin McHale, boy, the, the 2008 draft looks pretty damn good. You get Kevin Love and Nikola Pekovic in one draft. That is sickeningly awesome. <laughs> Two of the three best players on the team. Of course, Derek Williams could become that third guy or second guy. We'll see what happens. But uh, Nikola Pekovic, I got to think, you know, he, he's, he's going to break through as well. It's more of a health thing, I think, with him now. You got the foot injury, you got the ankle, or foot soreness, you got the ankle injury. It really slowed him down, and it's unfortunate. But clearly the guy can play. It's also been nice to see Darko Milicic play fairly well, though, in uh, Nikola's absence. It's kind of cool to see Darko play pretty decent. So there is some life left in old Darko, believe it or not. Though so I gotta think he's gonna be blackballed out of the league by the time if he's anything if he keeps playing this disappearing act like he's done his whole career, he he's gonna be blackballed out of the league when this con when this four year deal, you know, second of four right now, but you know, when the four year deal is up, he's gonna be out of the league. To me there's just no doubt about that. It really is. Um, the other good signs, though, with Pekovic is his defense has Im- improved greatly, <laughs> believe it or not. I mean, that's hard to believe. Like, last year, Pekovic was just, uh, it, it almost looked like he didn't know what the hell he was doing out there in, in a lot of ways. He, his defense didn't even exist. He he was overzealous, getting charges, charging calls constantly because he's just, he's just too big and too out of control. <laughs> He can bench 360 pounds, by the way. The Star Tribune was kind enough to mention that earlier. But, uh, yeah. Now he's, yeah, he, he uses the strength to his advantage rather than a disadvantage situation. <laughs> and uh, overall, yeah, I mean, Pekovic clearly a starting center in this league. And it's, wow, I'm surprised I'm saying it. As how terrible as he was last year and how terrible he was earlier this season. Very, very cool to see him emerge as much as he has. As much as he has. Speaking of terrible, Wesley Johnson, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Nobody knows what the hell is going on with Wesley Johnson. Nobody had 19 points tonight. Yeah. So, (laughs) he's averaging like about four points a game. He has had countless scoreless nights this year. He's always kind of got this kind of like, kind of goofy smile on his face. Which is almost like, just dude, come on, you know. I don't know if it's it's kind of like it's the Corey Brewer smile, which I'm sure the forecaster would have said tonight. 
where it's like, yeah, I suck. It's just that smile. Yeah, I suck. I missed, and I can't make anything. I can't make anything. It's that smile. And by the way, Weston Johnson hardly ever does shoot, but when he does, they pretty much clank right off, and it's uh, retarded. It, it really is. He's not aggressive with the ball. He doesn't attack at all. He I've not seen Wesley Johnson attack the basket this year at all. And I, what what the hell? What the hell? His defense sucks now. It was actually getting pretty good at times last year. And boy, last year seems like about 100 years ago. And Wesley Johnson clearly, to me, was emerging as possibly the second best player on the team behind Kevin Love. Yeah, I went that far. This is possibly the second best player on the team. Now it's like, I, I don't know if he should even be playing. I, don't, I mean, if Wayne Ellington wasn't as, like, eh of a player as he is, I would think Wesley Johnson would get less playing time than Wayne Ellington. Honest to God. He's been that worthless. He does, yeah, he's getting several scoreless games this year, this year, which is just, I don't know what the hell to think about it. Fourth overall draft pick. Fourth overall pick, and looking like he maybe should have been the fortieth overall pick in the you know second round or something, you know a, a second round pick, fortieth overall. That's about what he's playing like right now. A guy who's barely in the league. I gotta think something, sometime, somewhere. I don't know where if it's here or somewhere else. Looks like Joe Johnson when he was with the Boston Celtics. Remember Joe? You know Joe Johnson? That guy is on the Hawks. Yeah, he was a Boston Celtic at one point, ladies and gentlemen. And he was pretty bad early on in his career. Went to Phoenix. It took about a year, and all of a sudden, he started getting better and better, and then went to Atlanta, and he's like an all-star. So, I mean, you never know. You never really do know. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> it might take a change of scenery for Wesley Johnson. And the unfortunate part is we probably not get diddly back for him right now. That's the crappy part. Like, if we're stuck having to trade him, what are we going to get? A second round pick? <laughs> you know? Great. Woohoo. You know? Or some backup player. It's like, great. He already is a backup player or a second round pick right now. <laughs> but so we go from a second round pick to the second overall pick in Derek Williams. D. Will. Everything you can say. But really, since that Denver Nuggets game, that game that pissed me off oh so very much before the All Star game, ever since that night, you you started seeing a serious uptrend with this young man. A guy like uh, Al Harrington, who is a decent player. But honestly, every time we play the Nuggets and the New York Knicks at times, would always torch the Timberwolves. Like the Timberwolves were Al Harrington's favorite team to play against for all eternity. They have been and always will be, it seems like. <laughs> he had 31 points in that game, by the way. But on a night when the guy was scoring with with just absolutely no resistance whatsoever, and even when there was resistance, he was still scoring, Derek Williams made a couple of nice stops on him, which was like, <gasps> like whoa, whoa, where did this come from? Yeah, Derek Williams made some nice defensive stops on Al Harrington in that game. That was insane. That was absolutely awesome. So to see that, I was just like, well, that's really interesting. And then he started making shots that you didn't make before. He started being a little bit more aggressive with the ball than he was before. He started using the glass a lot more than before. I mean, I love basketball players that know how to use the glass. And ladies and gentlemen, Derek Williams knows how to use the glass. Yes, he does. 
this young man really knows how to use the glass, and he's he's used it to his advantage on numerous occasions. Uh, he's gotten a ton of and ones. He's gotten a couple of on the three point shot. He was insane in the Clippers game. He was very good in the Portland game. He you've seen emergence from this young man on a nightly basis. He's not going to get twenty plus every night, not right now. And he had a crappy game. Um, uh, I believe it was against the Clippers. He didn't really do too much against the Clippers the second time around. This, uh, okay, I'm thinking of the wrong... Yeah, man. Yeah, the second Clipper game. There was a second Clipper game. That wasn't his best night ever. But it's like, hey, <laughs> so what? You know, he's he's a rookie. He's coming off the bench. His playing time is inconsistent at this point in his career. But clearly, Derek Williams is a basketball player, man. He's a basketball player, big time. I mean, I, I love what what he brings. And no, the game against the Clippers was a 15-9 game. I got that wrong. I forget what game it was. It was the Phoenix game. Excuse me. Forgive me for that. The Phoenix game. He was not that hot in that game. Um, but overall, the guy has... Or actually, it was the Laker game. Excuse me. It was the Laker game. I'm all over the place. The Laker game. He was terrible in that game. And when Kevin Love was out, it's like, wow, why isn't he playing better? But uh, it was... It's it's but you know you're gonna get a few up and down games but overall overall the guy's been playing um, well he's been average he's been around about 15 points a game for the most part in games when he's like uh, slightly on he's been pretty good overall and you're seeing a constant uptrend with this young man again as I said knows how to use the glass very well um, yep the and ones and he actually does make his free throws too he's not one of those guys that goes to the line and you're like oh crap. <laughs> Here we go. But uh, here's the other point, though, too. Here's the other point that we first really started seeing. Well, we saw it against Denver a bit, and we saw it against, uh, we definitely saw it against Portland, but we absolutely positively saw it against the Clippers. We've been starting to see signs of it, but now, but in that game against the Clippers and others, you saw major signs of it. He's really good off the dribble, and he put an unbelievable crossover move on Kevin, on Ken Ian Martin in the game. Just crossed him up like he wasn't even there. Just sick. Crossed him up big time. The guy the guy has got handles, folks. And not only does he have handles, but he has the quickness. The quickness that comes with it. The quickness that you need from a guy that would possibly play. Dare I say, that would possibly play the three. That's right. The three. The small forward position. Yeah, could could it be? What? Could it be that <laughs> Derek Williams could play side by side with Kevin Love? Could start with Kevin Love after all? Could it be that Derek Williams could actually play small forward at times? Like not all the time. Like when Kevin Love is out, Beasley or maybe uh, Williams is in. When Williams, maybe when uh, Williams is out, obviously Love is in. You have a situation where you don't have, you never have one of the two guys out. The other one's like playing power forward when the other one's out. But you start out the game with Williams and Love together. I think the possibility is very much there after all. Where most people would insist, no, he's a power forward and that's it. End of story. But no, Derek Williams has enough quickness as far as I'm concerned. To be something, uh, to be a very, to be a, um, a more versatile player than other people may have thought uh, coming into the season, or say the first month to two months into the season. 
when when you have the quickness that Derek Williams dis- has displayed of late, it tells you that something's cooking. I mean, he's certainly a hell of a lot quicker than Kevin Love, and he was pretty much as quick as Michael Beasley, who does play a lot of small forward. Oh my God, Michael Beasley will be the next topic. But right before that, right before that, there were thoughts about trading Derek Williams multiple times this year. Possibly trading Derek Williams to a team like the Clay, the Lakers or the Houston Rockets. Maybe you try to get uh, Kevin Martin from the Houston Rockets. And no, I mean, the only way I even consider consider trading Derek Williams is if you get like an all-star shooting guard in return. Because I think Derek Williams has stud ability in his game. I I don't think there's any doubt that Derek Williams could be a stud in this league. The way he's the way he definitely has the skill set to be that. He seems to have a lot more mental toughness than Michael Beasley, who we're getting to now. I know it almost seems like I'm just going from player to player to player, but I've been away for a while, and uh, there's a lot going on with these guys, and we've got to talk about it. <laughs> we got to talk about it because the the future image to me has changed with this basketball team since the last show about six months ago. Other than Rubio and Love, we kind of had a pretty good idea that that's the franchise, but the guys like Williams, uh, Beasley, uh, obviously went from a guy with a ton of playing time that drove everybody nuts to a guy that comes off the bench. And uh, Rick Edelman has figured him out in, uh, enough that we can we use Michael Beasley when he's hot, and we say screw it when he's not. <laughs> you know when he's just going to be when he looks disinterested, which is very often, and it, it drives you crazy. Um, yeah, and when he's going to play like that, and he doesn't play, and that's the good news with Rick Edelman as the coach, rather than <laughs> Kurt Rambis, who would probably pay, who would probably start Beasley right now. He'd probably be starting. <laughs> Hilarious thought. Um, Michael Beasley is a guy, you know, you, it, it, he'll drive you crazy because that clicker-clipper game, he he showed the offensive skills, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he shows that he does have the offensive skills that could, that could rival. Are you ready, folks? And I'm going to make a very preposterous statement right here. His offensive skills could rival that of Kevin Durant, folks. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but that's why I hate him so much. Because he will never come anywhere close to Kevin Durant. And I'm sorry for using the word hate. Dislike. There, for all you sensitive people out there. That's why I dislike Michael Beasley so much. As a basketball player, as a person, whatever. I don't know what he's like. He's probably kind of goofy and entertaining. But as a basketball player, I dislike him so much because... If he had any type of mental toughness, he could be an all-star in this league with that offensive game that he possesses. If he had any consistency in his... If he had a consistent blood cell that flows through those arteries and veins, (laughs) if he had any consistency flowing through him, he could be an all-star in this league, folks. But unfortunately, well, whatever. (laughs) His lack of consistency hurts so much. It really does. Final note with Michael Beasley, the LA Lakers have been interested in a trade, but they have the same problem we drew. No guards, all big men. You know, and so it's like, what do you do? Do you get a third team involved? Do you get a second round draft pick? The what do you do with Michael Beasley? I have no idea. I mean, we I don't want Derek Fisher. He's old, he sucks. Uh, yeah, he hits a three pointer once in a while, but yeah, he's just JJ Berea really at this point. If that. He he's just an old Berea. 
who can't guard anybody at all and whatever, you know. <laughs> Why would we want to bring Derek Fisher in, you know? Who cares? Uh, a draft pick from the Lakers? Well, okay. What are you going to get, the 50th overall pick in the second round? Ooh, you know, what's the point of trading Michael Beasley for a second-round pick? Uh, First-round pick? Maybe. Maybe. We kind of need one this year anyway, so maybe. Maybe you get a 20th pick or something for it, or 23rd pick. Maybe you could get March on, uh, March on the, Mar- the March on Brooks of this year. Then maybe it'd end up being actually an awesome trade, but other than that, I'm not sure. Uh, Beasley would fit in very well with the LA Lakers, by the way. I think he would. I think he'd be a great fit with that team. Uh, Mike Brown is probably a, a good fit for him as well. Not that I don't think uh, Rick Adelman is a great fit for Beasley. I think Rick Adelman has gotten out of Beasley. He has squeezed out of Beasley what he can at this point in time. Um, the other scenario that does exist is Beasley does accept an off-the-bench role, does accept the possibility that some nights he's going to get 30 minutes, some nights he's going to get 10 minutes, depending on his focus and uh, his overall ability to just to, to get the job done. It's more about his focus and consistency with Michael Beasley. If he could be consistently focused, at bare minimum, he could be like the best sixth man in the league. And he could be sixth man of the year, a la like Jet Terry, guys like that. <laughs> and have been stud sixth men, you know, the Lamar Odoms. Beasley's kind of like an Odom in that sense. A knucklehead that figured it out and won six man of the year. It's it's that could be the situation with Michael Beasley where you don't count on him in general. You don't count on him, but when he does play well, hell yeah, you know, here we go. Things are really, really rolling here, folks. And a guy like Beasley could could carry you in a playoff game if his focus is on and his shot is on. He could. Like, when you learn how to just not count on the guy, which is what we were doing earlier in the year, we were counting on him more and all last year, <laughs> much to our chagrin. But when you can learn to not count on him and just enjoy it when he actually does play well, well you know, that would be kind of fun if he kind of took that role, I guess. I mean, what did we give up? What did we give up? Uh, two second-round draft picks for him. And I'm not one of those people that, that says all second-round picks are where That says second-round picks are worthless. No, I'm, they're they're flyers. Second round picks are flyers. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. I'd rather have an extra lottery ticket here and there, which is what a second round pick is. It's a lottery ticket. Why not? But um, I'd rather have it than not have it, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, but if you can get a guy like Beasley, then it's worth it. Yeah, that's the other side of the point. So. It's like, you know, I, I dislike Beasley, the fact that he's inconsistent, but it's like when you learn, when you look at him that other way, when you when you have a coach like Rick Adelman that's seemingly able to push enough buttons with Beasley that you can squeeze out <laughs> the good games, you can squeeze the talent out of him rather than just let it go completely to the wayside or play him way too much and get us killed every night and piss off fans like myself who love good basketball and hate, who hate, like, stupid basketball, which is what Beasley does bring to the table in a starter's role. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, if Beasley's willing to accept that and stay here long-term in that role, be a sixth or seventh guy off the bench, um, hey, I might be willing to, as a fan, I, might, I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to roll with that. Sure. Would he? 
don't know. <laughs> Probably not, but maybe. But he's going to have, but maybe, you know, in a lot of ways he might have to. As we move right along here, <laughs> well, what are we going to do about shooting guard? You know, that's the million-dollar question. You, you do have the trade deadline coming up. March the 15th. March the 15th. It's coming up pretty soon. What are we going to do? I mean, is Beasley going to get traded? A lot of people think he is. Uh, obviously, we need, a, <laughs> desperately need a shooting guard. I mean, think about this. Like Luke Ridnour has started a shooting guard pretty much all year. Luke Ridnour, a starting shooting guard? No. No. I don't think he's a starting point guard, much less a starting shooting guard. It's a little crazy. <laughs> it's a little crazy, man. Though he does have some good games out there at times because he plays point guard at the same time as shooting guard. It's kind of basically like having two point guards out there. Yet it's it's odd. It's odd. Like, I'd rather have point guard and shooting guard in the backcourt. You know, a guy who's like a scoring guard and a guy who's a passing guard. And then Ridnour comes off the bench and he's that stabilizing point guard. At times you need him. And then, yeah, sometimes you go with Berea for the uh, the other style, the more offensive style rather than the passing style of, of the Rubio-Ridnour situation. And then your other option at shooting guard can be, at times, Martel Webster. He's emerged ba- of late... Earlier in the year, though, and pretty much most of his tenure with the Wolves, he doesn't make shots enough. His defense has not been that good all the time. Sometimes he's good at poking away some of those steals. He's, he's good at that on occasion, but his overall defense isn't that great. He makes a lot of mental mistakes, and Jim Peterson lets us know frequently with that. Uh, Wesley Johnson is bar- barely functional at the position of shooting guard. Barely functional. Like, he's, yeah... He can't shoot, and he can't defend anybody on the perimeter, so he's playing for what purpose? I have no idea. No idea. He's better defensively as a small forward, but his overall game is, uh, uh, yeah, barely functional. You get Wayne Ellington, who's the most legit shooting guard on the team, but he's fallen out of the rotation, and he's pretty one-dimensional. He's got no defense whatsoever. Uh, He's an okay finisher on the break. But but who isn't, right? <laughs> who in the NBA isn't an okay finisher on the break? Well, okay, I shouldn't say that. A lot of guys aren't. <laughs> Pavlovich, holy moly, man. But, um, yeah, I know. That's that's Nikola Pavlovich who used to play with the Wolves. Yeah. Sasha Pavlovich, excuse me. Yeah, I don't want to get into him. He's on the Celtics now. But, uh, yeah, Allen is the most legit shooting guard, but he's too one-dimensional. He's, I don't know, he's a... He's a deep backup. He's probably a 10th man. So now as we head to the final nuggets, we're nearing the end of the show, and then we'll get to the contact details here. Again, thank you for listening, guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, Tolliver, yeah, what's happened to Anthony Tolliver? It's like he, yeah, he's just flat out disappeared. He's completely fallen out of the rotation, and when he does play, he stinks. He stinks. (laughs) <laughs> it seems like his, you know, all of his faults in this league have been exposed, and that's about it, unfortunately. And and that's too bad, because I w- there were times you thought of Anthony Tolliver as like the Sam Mitchell of the team, you know, like the old Wolves veteran who helped out the the, the Garnett-Marbury team. Tolliver, I guess that's not going to be what he is long-term. You got uh, Anthony Randolph, who has terrible decision-making skills and is and is an out-of-control player. He's kind of like what Ryan Hollins was. I don't know what to think about that. 
And again, in general, Adelman seems to have very little interest in guys like Beasley, Ellington, Anthony, and Tulliver. Malcolm Lee, will he ever play? I, probably not this year. It sounds like they want to keep him in the uh, on the Sky Force, Sioux Falls Sky Force over in South Dakota. So that's cool, I guess. Hopefully he can develop into something. I really hope Malcolm Lee can uh, come and, com- uh, come and uh, contribute to this team next season. I really hope so. As of right now, do I think this team makes the playoffs? Well, ladies and gentlemen, they are the uh, they're tied for the eighth seed with the Houston Rockets. Woohoo! That is pretty awesome. Holy crap, Batman! That is some good stuff. I mean, tied with the Houston Rockets. Tied with the Houston Rockets. That's that's awesome for the eighth seed. Do I think this team can make the playoffs? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, in the ultimate way though. I think right now, the Timberwolves make the playoffs. You you got to solve those Denver Nuggets, who I think will be the arch rival for the Timberwolves for for a, a while. For a while, I I think they're going to be the new arch rival for the Wolves. You got Ty Lawson, who, yeah, it was a pre-arranged trade, but we still traded him. We still did trade him. He always plays amazing against us. Uh, you got guys like you know Afalo, who's pretty good. He's going to be there for a while. You got you know it's a good young team. We're a good young team. Um, you know, Farid, who just drove me crazy, by the way. Oh my God, with his overzealous style of play, Al Harrington's always a pain in the butt for us. He's kind of the Tom Gugliotta of the Denver Nuggets. Um, that is, uh, that's yeah. I think that's going to be an interesting rivalry for a while. Nuggets and Minnesota. I think that's going to be a good rivalry. Denver Nuggets in Minnesota Timberwolves. If the Timberwolves can solve the Denver Nuggets in the coming weeks. They could they could make the minute they could make the postseason because we've beaten a lot of good teams we've beaten the Clippers multiple times we've beaten the Rockets multiple times heck we only head to head matchups so as of today the Timberwolves are in the postseason against the Oklahoma City Thunder ugh but we have beaten multiple teams that are very good like the like the Spurs <laughs> we've beaten the Spurs this year we've beaten the Mavericks this year we've beaten the Spurs multiple times by the way the Mavericks multiple times. We've the one team we don't beat. The, there's two teams we never beat, and that's the Lakers and the Thunder. And I'm telling you, we had the Thunder by a thread in that in that season opener. That was a heartbreaker, ladies and gentlemen. The Wolves are. This is a legitimate possibility that this team could get out of the first round, ladies and gentlemen. If it's anybody but the Thunder or the Lakers, I think the Wolves could absolutely advance in the first round because not only can we beat these teams, but we can beat them on the road. Spurs. Mavericks, the uh, Blazers, Clippers. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's it's pretty cool to see what this Timberwolves team has been able to do this season. Uh, Memphis is a team we seem to struggle with. We've lost to them at home, and we seem to never win there. That's the other team the Wolves seem to struggle with. Uh, Denver, Memphis, Lakers, and Oklahoma are kind of the tougher ones. But San Antonio, Dallas, Clippers, yeah, you know. We seem to play pretty good against them. Houston, Utah, Portland. <laughs> it's it, it's been pretty good. I've been impressed with uh, the progress of this team as a whole. There are teams that are a pain in the butt still, but <laughs> clearly we are uh, we are competitors in the Western Conference now, ladies and gentlemen. And it, it feels really, really good. It feels really damn good to be twenty-one and nineteen for your Minnesota Timberwolves. With that said, I'm going to announce that. Uh, well, I'm going to put every. I'm going to put all the effort in I can 
to have Spencer Ellerbrush on episode number 75 as soon as next week. We're going to try to be on as much as possible. Timberwolves Explosion. You listeners are out there. You are, uh, you know, you're out there, you're listening. I'm sorry it's been so long since the last show. I'm going to try to be as consistent as possible. And it'll be nice to have a consistent uh, co-host that I can feed off of and can feed off of me back and forth. I'm going to kind of have Spencer and Marcus when I can, and or Marcus when I can. Maybe even have all three once in a while. That'd be really cool to do that. But uh, I'm going to do the best I can to get this done consistently and obviously record as much as possible. So with that said, thank you for listening to episode number 74. We are going to give you the contact details. Tim Rules Explosion, as mentioned earlier, is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. We would like you to join thesportstuff.com by going to the front page of the website. Simply click on the button that says TSS Boards, then click on Register. Get your screen name. Talk NBA basketball with the guys out there like Rusty, PMAC, guys like that who host the crossover, which is also available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. They are some of the coolest guys ever. They have a great show. They released one about a couple of days ago, the 29th, about a week ago already. Uh, great show. They cover the New York Knicks, New Jersey Nets, you know, teams that like to sign big-name players. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Hmm. But uh, still sub-500 for the most part. Yep. And no, I have not mentioned a certain player that plays for the Knicks because he gets way too much media coverage, and I'm sick of it. <laughs> I love him as a player, but I'm sick of the media coverage, so I'm not going to do it. Nothing against him. Not going to say his name on this show. We, not right now. Not until not until the postseason. How about that? Or yeah, until yeah, until he wins a game that really matters, in the you know, but uh, because I'm tired of the media coverage, I just am. We'll leave that as is. Uh, it's just it's New York. It's because it's in New York. New York is the biggest market ever. So if anybody has success there, they're god, <laughs> which I disagree with. Anyhow, end of sermon. Do join thesportstuff.com. Again, do join those message boards. Talk to those cool guys out there. There are lots of basketball fans on thesportstuff.com. Do get on there. Do talk on the message boards. It would be very cool. Don't forget about the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion. Go to the search bar. Type in <laughs> Timberwolves Explosion, Minnesota Timberwolves. Go to the one that's gr- that's page, not group. Page, not group. And then finally, twitter.com forward slash wolves explosion. Twitter.com forward slash wolves explosion. Give that a follow. Tweet to me whenever you can, and I tweet during games at times. Not every game, but at times, as much as I can. You can tweet back, interact with me, or just tweet me in general, message me, Facebook me, whatever you want, and uh, yeah, that'll be great. So we're going to call it a show. Thank you again for listening. I hope it has been to your liking. I have enjoyed it oh so very much. So until a week or so, hopefully sooner rather than later, We'll be back with Spencer Ellibrush or Marcus the Forecaster. Yes, sir. Take care, everybody. <laughs>